This copyrighted podcast of the James Perspective has been paid for and funded by James M. Wilkerson. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this podcast are a permutation and combination of words and sentences used in this podcast without the express written consent of James M. Wilkerson and the James Perspective is strictly prohibited. How we doing? Good morning. Good morning. Jim is acting strange. Uh, my back is on. Don't worry about me. <laughs> well, you know, we got the today is James and the giant preacher. The giant preacher will be here, but he forgot his notes and he went back to get them. But we have to finish it by a certain time, so we're going to start without him. I really think that what we need to do is put one of those revolving doors here in the, into the studio. <laughs> mm. So that's our next upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not a big one. Sarah shows up late. Uh huh. There's no knock on the door or anything. She just comes in through the revolving door. There we go. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I like that plan. Anyway, Sarah may be joining us. Doc says he was going to, but I haven't heard from him. They stayed up last night. I'm pretty sure Doc's sleeping in. Okay. That would be my bad. <clears throat> so, you know, um, there's lots of uh, lots of things to talk about. I think that Chris is going to have some things in mind. He He's going to talk about it. Sarah wants to from a Catholic standpoint, talk about the Pope. I call it the memo. I think it makes her mad when I call it a memo. <laughs> what is it technically called? Um, it's called a... I forgot. It starts with a D. Isn't it called the Cura Memo on Homeless? Homeless? Homeless. H-O-M-O-S. They call it a memo? I thought they called it a diet. I don't know. They call it a memo. That may be my search term. So don't quote me on that. If Sarah were here, she'd say it's a die of something. I read it all the way through this morning. It was interesting because, first of all, it definitely it definitely fits perfectly into my explanation of the difference between the curia and the the magisterium in the Catholic Church. But um, what's interesting is uh, Jim said that wrote a few papers for his seminary. Yeah courses and he sent them to us and they're very good but there's a hundred thousand there's a hundred thousand uh references and you footnotes to them so you, you the footnotes are as much as the book or the paper <laughs> just about mm-hmm. and that's how it is with scholarly work well this diatribe i know it's not a diatribe <laughs> <laughs> his memo has a million footnotes and one of the main things they talk about is the difference between blessings, the types of blessings. And there's blessings that, that come down from heaven. Lord bless you and Lord bless you and what? Keep you, make his set face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, show, turn his face towards you and give you peace. That's a blessing from a, that a priest brings down from heaven upon the people that he was blessing and that's recorded in numbers that's that's one type of blessing there's a blessing that goes up it's more praise all right but blessings don't necessarily have to be associated with liturgy i'm getting into sarah's stuff Mm -hmm. i'm just but i'm giving reader's digest version that's so anything that involves a sacrament like marriage or confession or the eucharist that can't be altered that's those types of blessings, those types of prayers, those types of of liturgy. Those things are all set in stone by the magisterium. You can't you can't bless a homosexual marriage. 
Now, they call them irregular marriages in that memo. Mm-hmm. Irregular. No. <laughs> it's unrighteous. It's not. It's more than irregular. It's simple. Yeah. Um, irregular would be diarrhea. Anyway, um, so. <laughs> no, but irregular, to me, that's a, that's a, that's a euphemism. That's, that's making it light. But anyway. My, I can't wait. I'm doing this because once Sarah gets here, I won't be able to talk about it. It's going to be her. But if if you if if there's five people in the room and one of them sneezes, you don't go. Are you a homosexual? No. Okay, bless you. You don't do that. <laughs> if a homosexual sneezes, you can still say bless you, right? Mm-hmm. And if if I go up at a Catholic church during communion. Cross, cross my hands over my chest that he'll say a blessing for me even though I'm not Catholic and he doesn't ask, are you a homo? He doesn't do that. Alright? So I'm okay with that. But what I want to know is is what is this blessing that they were doing because it's all got started because some priests in, in, in Germany were blessing homosexual marriages and that's where the curie is going to step in and say, well no, the magisterium says that you can't do that so we got to enforce this we're going to either take away your collar or whatever you do to a priest. They don't still behave. So what I want to know is, is exactly what is this blessing? And, and it's one thing to walk up there, me going, you know, I'd like a blessing. The other one go, well, you know, ha, bless me, but I got to tell you something. As soon as I get out of here, I'm picking up this chick that I'm not married to. And we're going to Vegas. It, bless me anyway, because I want you to bless my flight. <laughs> That's another thing, you know, mm-hmm. and so you go up there and goes, well, you know, we're a couple of homos and we live together and we want you to bless our, our relationship. And I want to know what he says. And I bless these individuals, hope that they see the light and bless them with that light. That's legit. Right. I don't know. I, I don't have an initial. Well, I mean, if, if a guy came, if a homosexual came up and said, would you pray for me? Yeah. Yeah, I would do that. What he says, would you bless me? Yes. But, but you wouldn't say, bless his homosexual I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bless the homosexual relationship. If, it, if bless the individual, yeah. but not the marriage, correct? Yeah, like I would uh, I would do a similar blessing as far as let them see the, lo- the light. I would, I would never... Let your face them. shine yeah. upon them mm-hmm. <laughs> and, get, you know, and give them peace. I that's I have no problem with mm-hmm. that. I would have no problem with the priest giving that that blessing that very one. Lord bless you, and and what is it? I already got it. It takes me a second, but that is that they shine upon you. Be gracious to you. How I, much I, do you have to make it clear, like that you're not blessing the homosexual marriage? Though I would say that, the the more they make the fuss of it, the more you got to make a fuss of it. Mm-hmm. You got to say no. So if they go up there, don't say anything, but they're just flamboyant. Will you give me a blessing? You give them a blessing. That indicate they come ahead. I'm a homosexual. Would you give me a blessing? That's a, you're asking for that priest. You're trying to put him under the gun at that point. I think you're testing. Mm-hmm. So you're saying so if you just go up there, two people and say, hey, one of them comes up and says, bless me, and he blesses them, and then the next one comes up, has his arms crossed. Well, I would have no problem with that at all. But if they come up there and say, don't, don't, don't bless me by myself. I want you to bless me with my heart. Well, that, that mm-hmm. would be different. Now, the problem, though, that's, is that this seems like a communion thing. It didn't seem like a communion thing whenever you guys were talking about the blessing of the homosexual marriages in Germany. It sounded like there was an actual ceremony 
They were well. That's what. Well, that's that's the clarification. That's what this document does. The document says no, you can't do that. They were doing that. I think they were. Okay, so they were actually having ceremonies. I think so, and that's what got them. That's what curious steps in. That you can't do that. Yeah, because I don't even think that even in a situation where two homosexuals say we're going to have a ceremony in a Catholic church and we want you to bless us, the Catholic church should say no, we're not having a ceremony. Like that's just solely based around this getting together of you two, right? So that's kind of what I want to know is what this prayer sounds like because they don't tell you that in there. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that that when you read that, it's clear that that's not what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. They are talking about you blessing the blessing that you would give to your enemies. It's the same blessing that you would give to the fallen. The same blessing that you would you would give. Now, the, the whole problem, I think, comes with this is that, again, if you sneeze and I say, bless you, I believe I have that authority. I'm a priest. I mm-hmm. can say, you know, bless you. Um, but if you were, if you, it, the, the question that comes in is, is when you have a priest, now you have someone who's supposedly speaking for the church itself, who has this authority, special authority. He has laid hands on him. He's got all these extra, extra, you know, he's a priest. He's between you and God in that regard. Well, at that point, I think you got God's stamp on it. It's it's becomes a question that everybody has to say. If I say, uh, you know, hey, will you bless the homosexual, I can defend myself and say, well, yeah, certainly I did. I, I, would, <laughs> I want them to be blessed. But again, like the difference is there's not a ceremony. I think that's the big thing is if there's a ceremony, then. No, even the saying bless them and let them see the light is wrong. You're making a ceremony out of a homosexual relationship. That's what the, I'm pretty sure that's what the German, the three German priests Mm -hmm. that started this whole thing. Yeah. And so even then, if you were to say bless them and let them see the light, you're having a ceremony. And so that's, I don't think that's even called for. If it's something with communion, then yeah, absolutely. I don't think that. I don't think I think that that memo is saying no. You can't do that. You okay. can't have a ceremony. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can't even approach the liturgy of marriage. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think we'll let Sarah explain that. But anyway, we'll see. I read the whole thing, and it, again, uh, it, it, it the stuff that's the most interesting to me, the blessings. It gives you a footnote, and I went to the footnote, and it was a six hundred forty page book. I did not have time this morning to read uh, a six hundred forty okay. page book. <laughs> <laughs> That's unfortunate. It's called The Book of Blessings. Oh, what an apt title. Would it have a reference to just that blessing or no, that, of I, marriage, for, for instance? It looked like to me that the, co- the, the I don't know if you call it a copyright, but the published date was um, like 1950 something. So it was long before we were considering these issues. I mean, it's old. Maybe it may have gone back to the Vatican too, which was what the seventies. Yeah, but it was old, you know. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, Sarah comes. We will cover that in, in detail. I'm sure if she doesn't come, we'll be talking about twelve twenty proverbs. And well, the other thing we're going to talk about, Glenn, it's it, it, I really got interested in this when Jim and I were driving down to the podcast yesterday. Um, what is it? The, the levels of what? Uh, I would say tiers of importance. Tears. Yeah. Probably first Not, order tiers, second order tier, third order, or, yeah. Those of you from Bernice, mm-hmm. that's T I E R 
Isn't that how you spell it? Mm-hmm. Not T E A R. Yeah. So, so tears of enforcement? No, not tears of enforcement, but as far as importance for uh, Christian, yeah, negotiability for Christian practice. So, so for instance, Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and that you have to accept that to go to heaven. Yeah. In in most Christian faiths, that's non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. That that you can't come there and say, "Well, this church doesn't believe that." Mm-hmm. All right, that type thing. But then, what about? Um, you know, we, you know, tongues or something like that. You have different things that are different beliefs. And the question is, is how, how firm are you in saying that this church, you have to believe this mm-hmm. or you really don't belong to this church? Yeah. And just because there's an issue that's a second or third tier, that's on the second or third tier, it does not mean that these issues now become compatible. So like um, tongues for me, it's a third tier thing, and, but I'm not going to a church that speaks in tongues because like as far as they practice that and demand that you practice that, because I don't believe that that's something that's necessary for salvation or that's something that happens upon receiving the Holy Spirit um, as far as for everyone. And so even though I see it as a third tier uh, item, I don't. I won't go to a church that practices that simply because my views are incompatible. Well, the fact that it makes it tear means it's important. Right. But Even what I'm saying is like, I don't see it as a problem for salvation though. And so I don't like, it's important, but there are things that are, I think that there are things that are important that can be compatible. But one of the things is tongues and female leadership in the church. And female leadership for me would be second tier, but it wouldn't be first tier. Does that make sense? What uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I do. I okay. do. I mean, there was, you said a lot, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this is one of the things that systematic the, theologians go over in their works is um, what, what has to be the core set of beliefs for you to be considered a Christian. And then they go over that and they say, okay, what are, what are in the outer realms? Are these second or third tier things? How, how important are these? And are they worth necessarily expelling someone over? What are you looking for? Well, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm trying to think about this, but yeah. I am too. I am too. Um, I guess I left my iPad at home. Okay. Um, oh, there it is. All right. Sorry. No, you're good. All right. The reason I'm looking, I'll tell you what I'm getting ready to do. Okay. I want to see David Jeremiah puts them up there where his non-negotiables are. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious how they match up with what we're saying. And maybe I can give mm-hmm. some, some talking points. Well, I think that every uh, systematic theology that I've read recently, like as far as it's been published after 1950, that scholars really try to hammer down on what the core set of beliefs are for Christianity. And then they explore the um, things that are not necessarily as important, but still every Christian kind of has an opinion on these matters. And um, some people call them, I'm trying to think. So in the core set of beliefs, these are non-negotiables. That's what they call them. The second tier issues are, I, I forget what they call them, matters of faith or matters of belief. And then the third tier issues are matters of opinion. And so you have the non-negotiables, beliefs, and then opinions. And the opinions, those things you definitely should not be up in arms about. 
you know, you should be having discussions. But if you can't have those discussions in a civil manner, then just avoid those discussions altogether until you can present yourself appropriately, because it's not worth warring over and creating divisions in the church over those third tier issues. Second tier issues, you still shouldn't be upset, you know, toward people, but there are definitely, these are definitely things that will prevent you from attending a certain church. So for me, the Catholic church, not having communion with the rest of the church, who I believe is the rest of the body of the church, that's the second tier issue for me. And I'm not compatible with the Catholic church in that regard. I want to have communion with the rest of the church. I believe them to be part of the body of Christ and that we're all sharing the priesthood. And so for me, I'm incompatible with the Catholic church at that point in time. Who's calling you? Just making sure that that's not Sarah or Chris. Glenn? Yeah. All right. He said somebody's trying to call me. Maybe it was a text. Your phone lit up. I'm sorry. Yeah. Glenn, I don't know where we are. Dwayne doesn't know we're podcasting. Okay. I, I was deep into thought of what you had to say. No, 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 no. It's good. I want to make sure that it wasn't Sarah or Chris. Yeah, because I know that they're probably speeding back here and didn't want them to be in an accident or anything. All right. So what I was what I was saying, though, is that there are second tier beliefs where I do have an incompatible view with certain churches, but I still wouldn't consider them heretical for having these views. I would just not go to the church for these views. Does that make sense? So I think second tier views are what prevents you from attending a certain church, but they're not, they're still not heretical. And then first tier views are whenever you start to, whenever you start determining whether someone's heretical or not. It was pretty magical how we both showed up at the same time. All right. So that's true. One of you guys got to convert. Well, you know what we did? We just trashed you and Sarah's beliefs while you were gone. We just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> took care of all Christianity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we we covered the, the we covered well we, what we did was basically gave a reader's digest version of what I think we were gonna talk today about. Uh-huh. So I think what we will do is that we always like to start with a verse and you got one right well i've got yeah i've got a verse or two or so and then we'll let you do your thing and then we're gonna let sarah do her thing with the jesuit pope memo okay Mm. are you ready for a verse we are ready for a verse we've already prayed too so and and we included your your part so my part (laughs) (laughs) well um I have several verses. I'm only going to read one right now. It's Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 uh, through 14, or 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive, uh, I can't read my writing, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And just like Jesus did, he closed the book. That book, yeah. He, he said, I got this book. I'm going to close it now, guys. That was, in, that was in Galatians? No, that was in what I just read was in, uh, yeah, Galatians, Galatians 3, 13 and 14. But I was uh, at the, the word of the Lord. at the end, I was making Jesus kind of a little Christ. joke. Because when Jesus stood up to read, it was his time to read. And he read about prosperity, actually, because he he read about um, 
where was it from Isaiah? I believe it was. And, and he said that uh, actually he was talking about the, uh, the 50th year, Jubilee, the acceptable year of the Lord. And he said, and so in essence, uh, when you're looking at me, you're seeing it. And of course, you know that uh, all debts were taken care of on the 50th year. You're familiar with it, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, could you help me a little bit? Oh, the year of Jubilee? Yeah, the year of Jubilee. Mm -hmm. Yeah, slaves were set free. Yes. All debts were forgiven. Land was returned to the original clan. There's a big festival, obviously. You're doing good. Keep going, <laughs> so, Jim. Festival of Dionysus. <laughs> festival of the Dionysus. I've heard, of, I've heard of a cute parenting trick. Wait, wait. I need to clarify, guys. That was a joke. That was not the Festival of Dionysus. Trust me. Are we sure? It was a pagan festival. There wasn't wine everywhere? <laughs> I was being silly. All right. I want to um, make sure no one got on here and thought that that's what, I, that's what it was. There, uh, there's, like, I think it's Scott Hahn and Matt Brad have been doing uh, Times of Jubilee with their kids. And so every once in a while, they'll do basically a, a confession to the father. And um, whatever you confess, like, honestly, there, um, the dad forgives them. So it's like if I hit my brother on the head, it's like everybody's forgiven of what they've done. I just want you to all come out. And apparently they said that uh, one of their kids started going into something that he shouldn't have been getting into. And it was through the jubilee that he came out about it. So I thought that was interesting. It's, it's like a modern, a modern version of it. You know, my ADD could not lock in on that verse that you read. Could you paraphrase, paraphrase it for me? Or paraphrase it, whichever you'd like. Paraphrase or paraphrase. Yeah. <laughs> I need to see two of them, whatever it is. Well, you know, and, and I say this often, um, we have to realize, I mean, the, the Pauline epistles talk about uh, who Christ is, that we, and, and he uses uh, prepositions like in Christ, through Christ, by Christ. And I also had a scripture here that I might read later if you allow me to. And it, it talks about um, that we can be like a man that goes and looks in a mirror. And then he walks off and he forgets what he looks like. And the problem is the church has not emphasized who we are in Jesus Christ, what we have in Jesus Christ, and what we can do through Jesus Christ. I mean, I've gone to a lot of different churches lately because of this uh, retirement or whatever I'm involved in right now. The freedom you can have. The freedom that I have. That's wonderful, my jubilee. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, I hear all these messages. These are good messages. They're right out of the Bible. They're good. But we have forgotten who we are in Jesus Christ. And this scripture that I, I, I read uh, this morning, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. We have redemption through Jesus Christ. We got jubilee through Jesus Christ. We've got salvation through Jesus Christ. We've been made a new creature through Jesus Christ. Uh, one translation says a species that never before existed. And he closed the book. Yeah. So that means it's your turn. My turn. Yes. Oh. Three, two, Good one, job. go. Chris. That was it. I don't um, even. You did. You closed the book. That's when Mike drop in. Yeah. <laughs> <all> like, <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I, I agree. Grant, do you have something to say about it? 
No. No? See, it was a mic drop. I don't think that's happened to this bunch. You left us all speechless. Well, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, while while we're uh, thinking, um, let me read Deuteronomy 8.18. Remember the Lord, uh, the Lord your God, uh, who has the power to give you wealth. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. The power to give you wealth. You know, there are people that believe that before the end, there's going to be a great wealth transfer. And uh, we can see that in the word of God when when they were all in, in bondage, Egyptian bondage. And part of the putting the blood of the lamb on the lintels of the door not only kept them from the death angel, but allowed them to be delivered out of captivity. And they, it says they borrowed from the Egyptians. Actually, they demanded back wages, 400 years wages from the Egyptians. They went out. Every one of them was healed. Get this. Because of the blood of the lamb on the door, every one of them was healed, and every one of them was blessed beyond uh, believable. Uh, I, I like to use the term rich, but I always have to stop and say this, that all rich means is more than enough. That's all. And God wants us to be blessed like that. That's what he wants for us. But see, the mind, especially I went into this last uh, last week just a little bit. We think it's going to be our muscle or our brains, and we're going to be able to get wealth. You can have muscle and brain, and you can even get wealth, but there will be sorrow with it. But the Lord makes you rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. I think I sent that scripture to you early this morning. And, you know, you make a you make a point there that, that, that I was thinking I was pondering on that that one of the things as I've gotten older is I've realized that if it's not alive, then it is dead. It is a burden. It's a weight and material blessings can very much be a burden. It can be. Yes. If the, if the purpose of them is dead. Yes. And and so the question is is what are you doing with this what what I like have started to call again all right. When I was a, a kid growing up, the pastor that, that we listened to, he referred to what you're talking about as logistical grace. Meaning that everything you need to accomplish God's purpose for you in your life will be provided in abundance. You won't be left without on that for that logistically you're going to have the food you need you have the money you need you're going to have transportation you need mountains in the way mountains going to get out of the way it's not going to be a problem right so but but having wealth just to have wealth in my opinion is dead and that that becomes a burden and so this idea that you're going to have a whole lot of money that you don't need for god's purposes but we didn't say that we said that it means more than enough. More than enough for what? Uh, for life. Logistics. Yeah. Okay. I'm with that. See, I, I actually have a different reading of that, like the, the Deuteronomy, though. So what, I, like, what I'm looking at is, it, like, uh, you start with 17. Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. And then it says, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. That's what that's so my understanding of it is 
if you do have wealth, you don't need to be looking at yourself or to other gods saying this is this is from those um, sources. No, it's from God that you're able to get that wealth. And I would say that that wealth would include um, certain qualities that are beautiful too, like. Uh, I don't know, like love and everything. I mean, like that all comes from God. So, um, from like me reading that, I'm getting that, um, we should be grateful to God because anything that we do have in abundance is from him. Mm. I don't I think you disagree was, with that at all. Yeah. You? No, I, think, I, I think that's what I said. Uh, no, wait, wait, no, oh, sorry. What I was, what, okay, no, no, what I was, what I was getting from that was that you are going to get well through God, mm-hmm. but uh, like, that's not what you were saying. He was saying that what you will get through God, and this is what RB themes uh-huh. as well, is that you will get the provisions necessary for his plan. And so whatever his will is that uh, he's doing through you, he's going to provide the logistics for it, the, um, whether that's wealth, whether that's a home, foodie, food, clothing, a uh, mountain being moved out of the way. That will all happen. It'll be God's doing. And mm-hmm. this will be more than enough for you to accomplish that purpose. Yeah. Um, I just don't see that as a, a promise. Like, I don't see this thing as a promise. I think I see this more of a, a warning. Right. Well, so Deuteronomy first. Yes, I agree with you that there is a list of blessings and curses that are there at the end. And these are the promises to Israel in that covenant. And so whenever we're looking at this new covenant, we have some echoes of that promise, promise, but that promise does not, for me at least, apply to me. That applies to ancient Israel. Mm-hmm. Okay. We will do that. Well, it says that the blessing of Abraham mm-hmm. can now come on the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. So I've always told people, I'm a Louisiana Jew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if you're born again, you're, it's it's Father Abraham. I mean, you're, you, you are... Uh, blended into the family. Let, let me let Sarah explain more because I'm not really sure what she's saying. Okay. I understand what you guys are saying. Oh, wait, wait. Can you, can you, can, can you summarize what they're saying then? Because what I like, I think like I might've heard something wrong, but right. I think well, you did. Well, all right. Well, let's start with this. When you say that Deuteronomy is saying, don't take credit for something that I did. Is that mm-hmm. what you're saying? It means, right? Yeah. Jim is going to say, that, that that is to apply to the people at that time, that doesn't mean that we can't get an application from it, if I'm getting that right. right. So I agree with that. So this is, this is their thing, but there's an application for it for us. Yes. All right. We are, us three are saying that God is going to bless us logistically. Yes. You're saying what? I'm saying that God is saying if we're blessed, it's through him. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I'm getting from that specific verse. We are, no, no, like we whatever. are saying that. I still think it's a slight difference because you're saying God is blessing us logistically, and I'm saying the purpose of that verse is if we're blessed logistically, it's through God. Mm-hmm. And so it's like again, I see mine is more of a warning and yours is more of a it's a promise. like a blessing promise. It's a hope. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's where our slight, it's a slight, it's a very slight difference. On that reading alone, difference. yes. Yeah, on but that if reading alone. If you take the other readings, whenever you're looking at the New Testament, as far as your uh, return on investment, let's say, for lack of a better word, for giving to God, then it'll be given back to you in abundance. Well, yeah, and what I'm getting from like an earlier part in, um, in Deuteronomy 8 
is that God is talking about blessings specifically. So for the Lord, your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs. So like it's it, that part I would say is the promise. Mm-hmm. But then later on it says, take heed lest you forget dot, 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 dot. And then it talks about mm-hmm. um, like, again, I, that's where I'm getting a warning from. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like, I know that that's what you're getting there. Yeah. All right. In that text, he's taken that text and applying it with other texts without necessarily citing them. Okay. Okay. And so, yes, there's a whole slew of other texts, New Testament, Old Testament, that we can put together and say there's logistical grace. And, and I think this verse, if I'm reading, I'm not, I'm not familiar with. I'm just getting it from what they've read today, and she's reading now. When Lonnie Frisbee started saying, "I built this church. This is what I am doing." I think that's warning you. Oh, no, you're not doing this, Lonnie. It's God. It's God doing it. And as soon as you start thinking it's you, I'll pull that logistical grace for you in a snap of the finger. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah. And I think we're all agreeing with oh, that. Oh, yeah. 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 Sure. Mm-hmm. And so. Cool. Yeah. I did it, Glenn Cox. You mediated? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Glenn. Glenn always summers, summarizes it <laughs> to the T. And do you have some further summarizing, or did I, did I do that adequately? You did it well. <laughs> okay. So, good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like that. Now, that was that was one of the topics. Are we done with that one? Um, well, we can just well, well, sorry, so we can no, we can tag on to it with some other things. Because, see, the, the thing that also I have a problem with, I, the, the main thing with God is faith. Okay. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. you got to believe that he is, not he was. That he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Uh, one of the things I feel like that, that the Lord has shown me in these latter years is that God's people, I don't care what denominational tag you're wearing, they don't pray enough. They pray when they go to church, maybe. They pray maybe over a meal or two. But we, we, we need to start our days uh, in prayer. And this Bible is our prayer book. And many times um, I pray the scripture in our New Testament and New Covenant, the Old Testament. If I read something, a blessing from the Old Te- Testament, I can see that it is in the New Covenant. It's a blessing and a promise of the new covenant. In other words, just like, and I'll probably have said this before on the podcast, uh, I I pray, Lord, be my shepherd today. I pray, make me to lie down in green pastures. In other words, we all need to be satisfied with what blessing the Lord has given us and what blessing we believe that he's going to give to us. And I pray, Lord, lead me beside still waters so I don't get all shook up and upset over the different things that may come my way this day. And, you know, I'm not going to go on with the. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And, and probably because of Doc saying what you're saying over and over again about the importance of praying, not just waiting, using it to a way to go to sleep, yeah. that, that you have some active prayer time. I will say this, that, that I've always, since I've been married, I wake up early. Well, wake up Charlotte, before Charlotte does, mm-hmm. but I'll put my head hand on her head and thank God for that woman. You know what I'm saying? I, that's I, good. I couldn't help but laugh. Why? I thought you was going to say, 
I rebuke the devil or something. <laughs> no, don't do that. Well, sort of. But what I do, I do, I do thank God for her. That's well, the very yeah. first thing I do every day. And then I thank God for that. I have a comfortable bed with a pillow that I can wake up on, heated, cooled, whatever I need. I thank God for that. I, I do that when I go to sleep at night because I'm cold natured. And I thank you, Lord. I got a roof over my right. head. I got good blankets. So that's a Thanksgiving first thing. Yes. And and then as of two weeks ago. I've added a third thing. Prepare a table in front of my enemy and deliver me from the evil of communism. Yeah. yeah. I do. When Every you say, day. <laughs> you know, and I've said this before on the podcast, but I want to remind you. When you pray that part, uh, Lord, prepare a table in the presence of my enemies, that actually means in that Mideast area from way back, Bible days, that if he prepares a table, he will fight for you. And and like I've cited the book, The uh, Lone Survivor, he understood what they were saying outside. They were making the decision whether they were going to feed him, because if they fed him, they would have to defend their uh, the enemy from him, which was their own people. So that, that I, I pray that nearly every day. I will say. Every well, day. I added it to it two weeks day. ago. I, I was I was conversation. I was that one. Uh, well, you know what it was? It was when we were doing a podcast. I thought, you know, I need to add that to it. Yes. But those are my first three things every day. I wake up and th- I am very, it makes a difference. And I am says, so thankful for my wife. I oh, am yes. so thankful. My goodness, that. yes. That she stuck with you through these years. It's it's a modern day marriage. There were times <laughs> when that was a prayer. Thank you. She stayed one more night. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was, it was a night by night thing. We're <laughs> like, please don't go. <laughs> anyway. Do you have anything comment on that? Or is that no, too, no, is that's, that too Sunday schooly? No, no, no. That's not too Sunday schooly, but no. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't really have anything to comment on that. Yeah. And so No, I I, I know. I, everything you're saying is pretty much amen. I would say the thing is whenever we're talking about the material blessings as far as the first point goes. Okay, I want to just go back to that real quick. Sure. Like I want I want to emphasize this that the point for me is that God is sufficient. Okay, and so, and we're all in agreement there. That means that God is sufficient whether an axe goes to your head or whether you're wealthy beyond all measure. Okay, and so the point is is that not necessarily you're going to always receive that logistical grace because you're in God's will. God's will could be an axe to your head, like Paul's was. All right, he had he had accomplished his person. He lists he lists all the things he went through. Yes, Mm -hmm. and so and so whenever we're talking about sufficiency and logistical grace all of it is pointing to god god is god's grace is sufficient for us and so it's not necessarily like i said that you're going to be given things all the time well you know that's why he gave us the name jehovah jireh the lord will provide Mm -hmm. because he wants us to always remember that doesn't matter how low you sink Mm -hmm. doesn't matter if you've been shipwrecked and you had to hang on to something to swim to shore, and now you're trying to be a good person, and you're helping build a fire, and a serpent bites you, and you shake it off like nothing happened. I mean, yeah, Paul had all that happen, but he was more than a conqueror. We got to look at, there's going to be stuff that comes down the pike in our life. I'm not denying that. I've never denied that. I'm trying to help people understand that no matter how beat down they feel by the devil in this world, that they they are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. That's it. I think that's something that people get wrong about Christianity, too is um, they see it as why would God let me suffer and stuff like that. And God does 
will suffering if it's like if there's like some kind of purpose to it or permissive whatever. Permissive will. Yeah, permissive mm-hmm. will of suffering. And uh, something that I think is very beautiful like that I've learned is that suffering draws us closer to God. And so even even if we're not getting that wealth that we expected immediately, I mean, like uh, we can get kind of beat down some, but you just recognize that that's what that's what we're going through Mm -hmm. with God. Yeah. Well, I would hope with Christ, yeah. that no matter who's listening to us, into the mic, please, no matter who's listening <laughs> to us, I would hope that they understand that we're not heathens that we need to cut ourselves so that we can feel closer to God. Right. Yeah. And that's not what Sarah said. No. Okay. But I yeah. just want to make that clear. Yeah. But, but, I, mean, but I, I want to say that this, comes though. to my mind. I want to say this, Sarah, through the Holy Spirit, I'll agree with you that suffering can bring you to Christ. But there are songs written, and I can think of one in particular. He goes, uh, God, who if he exists, why did he desert me in my hour of need? There are people who flee from God because of pain, there because are of bad things. It's because, because they don't have light, though. That's, That's true. I definitely believe that. Because it, it, there's not a, light, a lot of light that's being preached. and. I know. So he goes, in my hour of need, I truly was indeed alone again. And he just said, if God, he exists, I'm alone. Yeah. He felt alone. Well, that's his problem. I, I, listen, I, I, I learned that song because I never wanted to go there. I never wanted to be able to say this bad thing happened to me. So my life is over and ruined. And I, but if you go through and count your curses, count your cuts, count your bruises, count your, your failures. You're going to have a lot of bad counting, but if you start counting your blessings, it's a change. And that guy was counting his curses. That's all that song was, was him counting his curses. Well, I haven't heard the song, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm kind of in the dark. Yeah. yeah. I've had moments of desperation as far as suffering goes. And I can only speak personally to me because I don't want to discredit anybody else's suffering. But in that moment, I wasn't like, telling God, look at how pitiful I am. If you're real, come save me. I assumed that he was real. And I was like, I need you. Yeah, That was it. And so if you're having a situation where you're testing God in that, like something's telling me about a, like that song sounds like a hardened heart more than someone who's, who's desperately trying to reach out to God. Who understands Christ. And it's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have that feeling at all. I wasn't counting my misery, even though I definitely could have. I was like, I have screwed up a lot and I need, I, I desperately need someone to get me out of this hole. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm not saying like in that moment either that, that that suffering is something that you're going to, like you should look at and be like, oh, I'm f- so fond of this suffering mm-hmm. because it brings me to Christ. But right. like, whenever I say bring me to Christ, you like, I'm not, I'm not talking just about somebody whose heart is hardened because I feel like there are moments of de- desperation where people reach out to Christ. And we talked about that the other day mm-hmm. where uh, something inside of us knows that, that there's a father for us to reach out to. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm talking about like specifically if you are a Christian and you're going through something really, really rough, that doesn't say God doesn't exist. That's, that's you. Um, I guess in a way walking beside him as he's going on, like through the cross, like the, the crucifix and everything. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I would go that far because I was a pothead and an alcoholic and think I would hate saying that for me going through that moment of desperation, I was following Christ to the cross. I was put myself 
yeah. on a cross, but was it a righteous manner whatsoever? Yeah, no, like, I think we're talking about different types of suffering right now. Okay. Like you, mm-hmm. you put yourself into that. Yeah. But I'm, I'm talking about people who, like, let's say their house burns down and then their kid dies and mm-hmm. a bunch of other stuff, like, piles up on top of each other. Yeah. And it's just like, what the heck is happening right now? I'm, I'm going to read the lyrics. Kind of like, like, like Job. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But remember, like he Job. got double for everything. Exactly. He never cursed God. Yeah. I'm going to read it. And it's yeah. sort of what she's saying. His life fell apart. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. So these, here it goes. To think that only yesterday I was cheerful, bright, and gay. Looking forward to who wouldn't do the role I was about to play. His wife, his girlfriend left him or his or at, the, at the altar. Okay. But as if to knock me down, reality came around and without so much as a mere touch, cut me into little pieces, leaving me to doubt. Talk about God and his mercy. Oh, if he really does exist, why did he desert me? In my hour of need, I truly am indeed alone again, naturally. Mm-hmm. There, there are people out there who see God, not, they don't see God in their suffering. They don't mm-hmm. see God there to help them through this, that they don't see that he's carrying them through this. Mm-hmm. But that's why I'm saying that suffering does bring a Christian closer to God, but I don't know what it does to somebody mm-hmm. that doesn't know Christ. Well, I, feel right. like, I feel like, huh? You can go. No, no, you're good. Oh, uh, no. What I was just going to say is that I feel like that's the issue with like the, um, I guess one of the more popular teachings of Christianity, and I'm not talking about any, any church specifically, but whenever people think about Christianity, they think rainbows and, Oh, like God's supposed to deliver you and take care of you. I mean, like that's why you always hear people like whenever something bad's happening to them, like in a, in a movie or whatever, and they're Christian and it's like, where's your God now? Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's not what Christianity is about. It's not about finding um, in me, rainbows on earth. But I will say that but I think Dad's point is that suffering sometimes drives people away from Christ. Yeah, and but here's what I'll say to that: is I would like to know how many times you thought about God beforehand. What what I'm saying is the reason why it sh- it, it pushes people away is because <laughs> you have that. Well, no, I'm just saying that you have that that weird um, teaching, like that message that you get from people. You are like, yeah, uh, Christianity is supposed to bring you wealth on earth. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to. And so I feel like that's one of the things that people need to fix is like, no, suffering is expected. He was There's having a church marriage. Mm-hmm. That's in the song. Right. I know okay. how many people have church marriages. I know. I know. Okay. But I do want to say this here in Charlotte. I've talked about this song because because I do keep it in mind for that reason to understand that some people are suffering and don't have Christ. They don't see it. But he misses. He misses. The blessings. And this is what I want. Look at this, what he says here. This is the last verse. Looking back over the years and whatever else appears, I remember I cried when my father died, never wishing to hide the tears. And at 65 years old. Now, he had his father for 65 years. How many people didn't have a father for 65 years? How many didn't have a father to grieve over when he died? He missed that blessing from feeling sorry for himself all over these years, saying that life sucked for me because my girlfriend left me at the altar. He never walked away from it. But then it goes on. I won't go into that part of it other than to say he had a very close relationship with his mother. He had lots of blessings. And he, he gave he, his whole life was gone over over feeling sorry mm-hmm. for himself. So this is this is what my point is, is that uh, Job in his blessings never forgot God. Like he was always God conscious. And in his suffering, he was God conscious. He never mm-hmm. said God abandoned me. He, well, you. he said God abandoned me, but he said that. God was there and that whatever God does, God is good. And so 
um, what I'm saying about this writer and about a lot of people is that they don't even think about God until they suffer. And then whenever they suffer, they curse God and say, well, he doesn't exist because he's allowing me to suffer. Well, I will say this, that in that song, he's now God conscious. He's become a theologian at that point by talking about God. By saying God's not here with me. Yes. And so, <laughs> and so that suffering has at least got him to think about the eternal aspects of life. Whereas people who are going through life, that's all good and everything. Good they hardly talk about God. That's a good point. He 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 became God conscious right there. Mm-hmm. He did and yeah. rejected. Him. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody's given that choice. Everybody at one point in time or another is going to become God conscious and make a decision as to whether he exists or not. I, I believe that. I don't believe anybody walks this earth unless you have died at an extremely early age. I don't think anybody walks this earth not saying something about God. You picked up the paper. Does that mean you have more or are you just nervous? No, I just wanted to see what else I had written down. You have something else you want to add? Well. Because that was good, Jim. I agree. I, I, I would say this. I never thought about what he's saying. Is he does. He sort of became a theologian here. Yeah. God doesn't. He's not. He got, God, if he exists, he doesn't help you through these times. Oh, you okay? You just became a theologian. <laughs> you know, you made a statement about God. You yes. Yeah, you got your stance on Well, you need to remember that God is good all the time. And all the time? God is good. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you know, we've totally ignored the one of the scriptures I read, which is James 1.22. Uh, it says that we uh, we go to the we go to the word of God. We look at it uh, as a mirror. And and then we walk away. We see who we have and uh, who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ, what we can do in Christ. Then we walk away and we forget what we looked like. And so that's why I go back to the Pauline epistles. That's why I go back to uh, a lot of the things that's uh, found in, in the old covenant. The blessings of the old covenant are ours. The curses have uh, uh, Jesus actually took him on the cross. In fact, the scripture talks about how that the law is nailed to the cross. You ever read that passage? And uh, so, you know, I, I just, I have to, I have to, to stay in faith. I have to believe that God is a good God. I have to believe he's a merciful God. He's a loving God. I have to believe that I'm a new species that never before existed because I got born again. I had to believe that I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and I saw a vision and, and I, I, I know that God changed my life drastically, dramatically then. And I have to understand. If we can save someone in West Virginia. He can save anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> do, we, do we want to talk about some the, the, the uh, one of the things you wanted to talk about was the um, the blessing of homosexuals or do we want to do that next time since we've gone so deep? Yeah, we can do that later because there's a, there's a lot of writings and stuff in it. Yeah. Yeah. We could do that tomorrow if you wanted to, but not tomorrow. Thursday. Tomorrow is Conspiracy Friday. No. no. Tomorrow's Thursday. <laughs> oh, oh, Technology Thursday. Yeah, Technology, technology Thursday. Thursday. Okay, well, we'll figure out. Yeah, time. yeah, we'll find a time. Did you see that humanoid attack a human? No. Yeah, we we'll talked about that that's tomorrow. tomorrow's. <laughs> What attacked a human? A, a humanoid. What is a humanoid? We're not, we, we can't go there. We're, we're going to have to do it tomorrow. Yes, it did attack a human. Listen, I get to say it. 
<laughs> the I read it this morning. It means it has to be true. The humanoid attacked a human. We'll give we'll let Glenn rebut tomorrow. Glenn says absolutely <laughs> not. You're not gonna allow him to say something right tomorrow. No, he doesn't get to. I hold the mic. You hold the you, you basically Liz here being patient the whole time. <laughs> yes. is far away from the microphone. That is ridiculous. <laughs> you, the only time that you put him into the mic, you immediately start talking, and now you're laughing so loud that nobody else can be heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Glenn's my buddy. He understands. <laughs> Holding him away from the mic. That's how my son was. would do it. Yep. He would be arguing with somebody on the phone and he would turn them off. And he, would, he would monologue and then turn them back on. And they could go, uh, uh, yeah, uh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about human noise tomorrow, Glenn. I promise I'll give you full mic. Um, all right. So, uh, is there anything else on your piece of paper? Well, I don't know. Because. I mean, we don't have, like, we have other things to talk about. So right, we have the right. But I don't want to cut him off either. Okay. If someone takes, takes time to make notes, I want them to get to his notes. Mm-hmm. Well, do you remember um, how that uh, Jacob, he was in a bad situation. And uh, his, uh, was it, who was it, his uncle or his father-in-law? Anyhow, uh, he had cheated him out of his wages, changed him over and over again. And so finally they had this sheep goat thing, solid colored, speckled colored. And, uh, and, and this was the way that he was going to get out of the whole situation. So he goes down to the creek, the river, whatever, and he peels back some bark. And he makes the bark like striped and spotted. And he takes the animals down there every evening to drink. They get drink and then go back to pasture, whatever. And what happened was... It was like it was something that I believe that God gave him, how that he could uh, be blessed, even though the the world system, being his uh, uncle, I guess, had uh, tricked him so many different times that God caused something to happen. So the thing about it is, what what caused that? It was the miracle hand of God, but also it seemed like that uh, because of the uh, changing the environment down there, uh, spotted and speckled and streaked, and they went down there. They bred, and these uh, 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 solid-colored animals had these spotted, speckled, streaked animals. gave birth. He gave birth to those. They gave birth to those. So again, it, it's it's the way you see things. The way you see things is going to have an impact on your life. That's why I have a concern when people just take these little bitty con- turns to the right or the left, and, and uh, they don't understand that this book may- will make you and your relationship with Jesus Christ, you have the possibilities of having power over all the power of the enemy, and you are a priest. You are a kingdom of priests. Sarah disagrees. <laughs> well, I'm just going by the Bible, not Sarah. Because the Bible says that God gave, uh, Jesus gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. If you're not in those fivefold ministry, uh, then you're part of the body of Christ. And actually, the Lord uh, gives levels of that even to the people within the church. We are the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And we are a kingdom of priests. That means that we can we can we have the ability to offer sacrifices to God. Our sacrifice is praise and worship to God. 
And, and some people to... bring a form of religion, and they 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 don't have the power of God because the form of religion takes the place of the power of God. Mm -hmm. The thing that fascinates me about the Jacob story of the mm -hmm. spotted animals is how many times he gets blessed despite his terrible personality. True. Yeah. And so what, what, he was mm -hmm. what a rotten human being. The worst. Was. Yeah. And so one of the things that I hold to that gets repeated time and again by uh, Glenn Kreider is God is not a God of karma. It's not that you do good and you get good and that you do bad. And you I get bad. like that. Mm -hmm. I have never heard that yeah, before. So I this just got me a new term that I can attribute mm -hmm. to my dad. Yeah, the Christian guy is not a god of karma. There so, you go. Um, he, yeah. Good so, thing too. <laughs> Remember, Jacob had was uh, made the a rock his pillow, and he had the dream of angels coming down and going back up a ladder. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, "Man, I was in the house of God and didn't even know it." And, uh, and yeah, you're, you're right. He he was a supplanter, a trickster, and uh, uh, but he still walked somehow in favor with God. Mm -hmm. yeah. He was Odysseus. That's exactly the same story as Odysseus. Just occurred to me what a rotten human being he was. Trickster, lied, stole, did whatever he could to get his way, but the gods were always with him. Why do not all of them? They weren't always with them. He definitely. Had gods that were preventing them from getting back home. Jacob, it seems, was always you. fully blessed. Fully blessed. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Like no matter what he did, even even right. whenever he meets uh, his brother Esau again, uh, he tells him that he's going to. Uh, I forget in so many words, uh, have community with them, but he goes the other direction right. there at the end. So. No matter what, like from beginning to end, Jacob is a trickster whose God is blessing him the whole way. Because he received that, he stole the blessing mm -hmm. from his. No, brother. even in his. Yeah, I agree. I, I, you're right. You're right. I mean, of course, you know. I don't think it does. It's, right. it's, yeah. it's real. That's. I mean, it's. It's. You know. It's just yeah. stories. But I, it occurs to me that how much it is. I don't know. Would you call it plagiarized? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know what I'm saying I don't. Uh, the, the, it seems like to me they always try to find a story that matches one in the Bible. Oh yeah, yeah. So this is one of the things that happens quite frequently, especially among mythicists, is they go and find other stories that are parallel, and you have to really do some stretching to conform it into the biblical story. And then you say that biblical story plagiarized this one, and you go read the actual story, and you say you're trying to figure out yourself, like, wait, how does this match up with Jacob, or how does this match up with Jesus? Uh, crucifixion story, you know, like you say, you Jacob have, have to kill things. a sock off. <laughs> no, it's one of those things that, that those kinds of arguments drive me crazy. Is you find like this really, really, really loosely paralleled story in uh, secular, you know, myth, and you say, Well, the Bible copied from them. Part of my role on this podcast is to be the silly man, and I was just mm -hmm. being silly with Hobbesis. Yeah, <laughs> but you'll see that quite frequently with the Gospels. All right, we got um, we got thirteen minutes left. I want to talk about the non-negotiables. Mm -hmm. We can get all right. So there's the first first person I ever heard say it. I, I think most churches have non-negotiables. They'll say that, and, and obviously for the Christian faith, this is it's salvation through faith. And, you know, God's grace through faith, lest any man should boast. Uh, 
uh, J- David Jeremiah's church. Now he's eighty something. I think his son is taking over now. But he he had some non negotiables. One time he read what they were for that his ministry, and the primary one was that you have to accept Christ. I mean, your salvation is through Christ. Yeah, that's a non negotiable. There were some nego. You can't call them negotiable, but what do you call them? Or is it? What do you call those things? What you, is there a term for that? Are you talking about the lower tiered items? Tiers. That's but it. that's what I've heard is people use tiers and second class orders, things like that. All right. So could you could you elaborate for me? I'm, I'm stuttering on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's fine. So, of course, you have the non-negotiables, which we'll talk about, which are the core Christian beliefs. If you don't believe these things, you're a heretic. Okay. And then if you, uh, the second tier things are things that, aren't necessarily heretical, but that, in my opinion, they'll prevent you from attending a particular church. And then the third tier things are things that are just matters of opinion that every individual is going to pretty much differ on or have a degree of belief in, like a different degree of belief in. And so these things won't necessarily make you leave a church, but there'll be something where you say, I disagree with that, you know, and they shouldn't be something that disrupts the church unity. All right. Um, And so which ones do you want to talk about first? Oh, the last one's considered culture. It could be that. And so, like, how you greet one another in church. Do you How, how many what deacons do you, do you have? Dress um, code. Yeah, dress code. <laughs> um, yeah, things like that. I can't believe you opened that up. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I can't believe you opened that up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. So, so, yeah, all right. So, so the core beliefs are very... The things that we would all agree would be heretical. If I were to say Mm -hmm. uh, that um, Muhammad is a prophet and you cannot get to heaven without Muhammad, obviously Mm -hmm. you can't call yourself Christian at that point. That's an easy one. That's that's a very bright line. Yeah, yeah, I think where you can find the core set of beliefs is the apostolic creed. That is pretty. Yeah, important. one time you 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 do know that they do the, apost- the apostolic creed in the Catholic Church too. They yeah. don't just do the Nicene; they just they change it sometimes. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. not figured out exactly. Well, when. so so it's the one that both do. I think the Catholics do the apostolic creed. Yeah, right? we do both. Okay, so so anyway, both of those creeds that that lists pretty much the core Christian doctrine. What's different for you for the uh, the Nicene Creed? And I seen one of them. One of them talks about him ascended into hell, and yeah, the third that's day. the Apostolic Creed talks about that. Mm-hmm. And they leave that out. And then there's something that's in the Nicene that's not that apostolic. But I, it, when I was going through the Catholic class, I studied them very hard, knowing we were going to talk about it the next mm-hmm. time to ask questions about it. And at that time, we had the the guy that's a uh, was a colonel or whatever in the military mm-hmm. teaching it. Very very smart guy and he was able to explain it fully from the catholic point and from the protestant point mm-hmm. he, he it, 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 which, which just as you say he said that's the one thing we all agree on we all agree on it <laughs> we, i could i could sit down with a person of any mainstream denomination in, in catholics protestants whatever it is and go through this list and we would all agree with it all right and so those are things that christians all christians hold if you don't hold those things then you're running a risk of being heretical if you're not, if, if not fully heretical. Yeah. Everything in the Nicene Creed is considered non-negotiable? I would say, like, I wouldn't go that far. So we don't have to make an argument on that. I'm just saying that's where you can find the non-negotiables. You can start with yes. that. Yeah. You can start with that and say, and say, okay, where do you disagree with this thing on? And so 
that's why I said running risk. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're heretical for not believing something in there, but there's a lot in there that if you do disagree with it, then you are heretical. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. So then the next level is? Uh, the next level would be second tier matters, um, which I, I've given an example here, female leadership in a church. All right. These aren't matters. <laughs> See, to a Catholic, that would right. go to the top. No, nope, that's not first tier. If Catholics put that as first tier, then they need to add it to the apostolic creed or they need to add it to a core value. Okay. And so it's a second tier issue. No, it's not, that, it's that, that's, that's, people who believe in female leadership, but still hold to Christ are not going to hell. They're not heretical. They're okay, not they're going against that. the church there. Yeah. So and that, oh, hey, like, that's oh. where that's an issue. And so we like, I'm just saying that this is a second tier matter for, uh, the church for Protestants. worldwide. You can say Protestants. It's for Catholics too. All right. It's not in the, it's not in the core doctrine. And if they hold it, if, see, the thing is, is that I think there's a problem in systematic theology where people like lump all of these tiers into one tier. And so now everybody's heretical who doesn't hold to a certain doctrine. <laughs> and I think the Catholics have a big problem with that. And so you consider people heretical I mean, who really shouldn't be considered heretical. You, you, you say that it's a problem, but that's, uh, it seems like a problem that you mm -hmm. all created. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Wait, wait, wait. I'm, I am going to step back. I really don't know what the Catholics say about, like, as far as the tears go. I don't know what they say about They do not so allow not, whatsoever female priests. I know that. Right. And that's that's, so, that's, but the, that's the, capital T tradition, too. Look, yeah. So the point that I'm making here is that there are churches who don't allow that. But it doesn't mean that the churches who do allow that, that their believers are going to hell. Gotcha. All right. And so there are, there are many Protestant churches that hold firmly as firmly as the catholic church to no female leadership being a good example right now is, is baptist all right but i will say this jim i i see hold on glenn do you have something you want to say no i'm good okay um this is what i would she she was going to say something and it's probably for another day because i don't think we're gonna have time to go into this but i do believe that in sarah's mind that would be considered heretical yeah no and that's a problem uh, like, and I'm, I'm saying that in, in general, if you lump all of these things together, then at this point, you're saying that it's no longer faith alone and grace, grace alone through faith alone and Christ alone. You're saying that everything matters as far as the, uh, for everything matters in matters of salvation. I think it's more complex. And that. so, and so, but you're saying that if people are, if it is more complex than that, then there are tears. If it's uh -huh. not more complex than that, then there are no tears. If if the um, if someone has female leadership and, and they are uh, heretical, then they're in danger. They're at risk of salvation. That's where heresy. Okay. Comes well, yeah, I guess we would say like for other churches, again, what we went through with the catechism the other day. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there you would still have salvation outside of that. Although like our position is there could be like through God's grace, there is salvation in a lot of people that uh we wouldn't even understand why there'd be salvation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway. And so um, I think that this, I think that this would be an issue that I run into with Catholics as far as the tears go, mm -hmm. because you guys have the apost This is, this is where I have trouble with you guys in tradition and scripture. I don't know how to differentiate the two because you guys hold them to be equal value. Yes. And they seem to be two deposits of God's words. Whenever 
there really is no division in them as far as instructing the church. So I'm trying to figure out why did you guys create an arbitrary division whenever there's really no different standards of authority. What do you mean an arbitrary division? Well, they're deposits of God's words. You're saying a division between scripture Uh, and tradition? tradition. Old Testament, New Testament. Mm -hmm. But we don't create a division. We call it Bible. No, we, we say no, that they, no, We say no. that these are God's words. No, y'all, you, like, there's a de- difference in the Old Testament. Like, there, there's constantly um, discussions about the differences in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Yeah, but no, we implies. have it in the same deposit. Huh? We have it in the same deposit. Like, we have it in yeah. one So you're, one so you're saying right we should just have one straight up Bible. Right. Put, like put first Clement alongside Paul. Why don't you guys do that? I mean, you guys do do that. But why don't you just it's, have because one? It's not, it's, not, it's not the same. We don't say that literally everything in Clement's letter is uh, is divinely inspired. What I think that the tradition comes from is a uh, buildup of this is something that all of these people have been guided to. And so you have um, you have some kind of tradition that comes out of that. And so mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's uh, and I would agree with that. Uh-huh. So I agree that the church is guided by the Holy Spirit. But you guys seem to take it to another level, unless I'm mistaken, that this is capital T tradition holds the same level of authority as scripture. It does. OK, see, and that's where I get confused. You say, well, we don't take every word as being the words from God, but we do hold it as, as equal authority to scripture. And so I get confused in that. Well, I think that the, the, the thing is that if you're looking at. Um, let's say like Hebrews in the Bible, that whole thing was divinely inspired Mm -hmm. every word for word. Right. But in, in tradition, it's not inspired in the same way as the, the inspiration in the Bible. And so it's still divinely inspired, but there's, uh, there, there is a distinction there. And Mm -hmm. I can't tell you exactly what that distinction is, but Mm -hmm. my understanding is again, it's a, uh, a build up in a way through several uh, and, and so I know that we have to go, but this is this is another area where it gets fuzzy to me is how you differentiate Christians who are not in the Catholic Church from straight up atheists, even though like you believe that salvation comes through the church, essentially. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Oh, not just no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, no, 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 that says that there's grace extended to people, but that's not yeah. necessarily the people who are in the church. That's extended just to people in general. And so I have trouble w- where the Catholics differentiate between. Mm-hmm. I want to so bad have this conversation and there's no way we can do it today. Mm-hmm. I so bad want uh-huh. to have this yeah. conversation. Okay. In fact, I would like to bring Father Kevin here for it. And let mm-hmm. him know what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Okay. I so much would like to talk about it. We don't have time. Again, I feel, yeah, I feel like that's that's just way too complicated for, um, I, yeah. I, I, I have pondered this issue a lot. I can, I've got notes from the catechism on it, and I can tell you it's going to take a, a whole podcast to do mm-hmm. that sometime. We'd have to decide that's what we're going to talk mm-hmm. about because it's a lot. So anyway, it's a wrap but, 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 but you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. I want to tell you something. The practical application of it will be, that salvation, uh, that, that we as Protestants say accepting Christ puts us into the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And the effect that I can see from the catechism is that the church, you go to the, get into the church and the church brings you to Christ. It, the effect of it. But man, we would have to discuss that mm. in a lot more detail than what we just mm-hmm. did. Okay? Well, the, the, the point of it, though, is that I like to wrap this all up, is that 
whenever I look at the systematic theologies of Protestants, they're able to differentiate between tiers. Catholics, I don't see tiers happening. I see it as being all or nothing. No, 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 they're tiers because you, you know, you can have different interpretations about whether there's a flood. Can we have a special podcast on that sometime while you're here? Yeah, yeah, we can. We'll try to do that. Mm-hmm. We'll try to yeah. do that. All right. Well, I, I, Glenn, do you have anything you want? You got anything you want to add to this other than I'm right about the humanoids? <laughs> uh, no, but. I will say that this is a super interesting discussion, everything we've discussed today. I think the mere discussion is part of the faith. That you, I've often said, blind faith is not faith. It is blind. But you never see blind faith, blind and faith, in the Bible. I haven't found it. Maybe there is a reference, but I've searched them several times and never found blind faith. You have to have blind faith. You have to have faith, which I think is the active thinking process, which is what we did a lot of today. That might have been an exaggeration. I don't know if we had (laughs) 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 Thank you, Glenn, as always. I appreciate that. Uh, You know, Glenn, I'm just going to say it. We need to hear a word from our sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) But I can say that if you want to really discuss these things, talk about these things, have a Bible reading, anything you want, and have all the reference material you'll need because you've got great Wi-Fi. You'll go to the PJs in hot Louisiana where they have delicious coffee, wonderful boosted teas, absolutely all natural Red Bull, and great pastries, breakfast, lunch sandwiches, and zap chips. Zap it's chips. A wonderful environment. That's all Sarah says. That's all you just say was zap chips. Zap chips that you that got. Yeah. The, the, the zap chips is a chip for young people because it's sure as heck on gums for old people. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Glenn. Uh, thank you, Pastor Chris. Thank you, Sarah. It was very fun, very enlightening. Jim has stepped out, I think. To That's the, the only reason he didn't think. I think Jim. he went mm-hmm. to the little podcaster's room. Yeah. And, and, and so, but anyway, thank you all. We will be back tomorrow with, with news and technology. And I think we'll try to have a special day to talk about these issues that we're going to talk about on, on the difference in and how the, the Catholics apply soteriology in their church. Thank you guys for listening. Be back tomorrow. Bye bye.